Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. Welcome to today's episode of the Post Sunday Podcast. This podcast is an extension of Genesis Church located in Orlando, Florida. Every Sunday, you can attend one of our three amazing services at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m. Or if you don't live in Florida, you can stream live on Facebook and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando. You can also watch on demand and as always, follow us all week long on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and X at Post Sunday Podcast. And also, make sure to subscribe to listen every week on Spotify and iTunes. Now, for today's episode, here are your hosts, Pastor Johnny Sierra and Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What is going on, Post Sunday Podcasters? This is your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra. I am excited I'm to have just to be with you guys here, episode two of our uh, Way of the Messiah, season two, season two. This is this is good. I got my main man, our co-host, Pastor Tim Grantstaff. What is up, brother? We have to come in as hot as your Green Bay Packers did man. on Sunday. <laughs> Was that beautiful or what? Riding cloud nine, aren't you? Woo! My, my dolphins are dead. <laughs> they froze the dolphins. In Kansas yeah, City, could have told you that, man. Like, so I've got to find <sighs> the energy today. Yeah, you're kind of riding it. Please, I it's 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 a glorious day, um, in Wisconsin. That same night, Dame Lillard hits a, a game-winning three, uh, at the buzzer. I mean, man, it was just Sunday night was a glorious night for me, man. <laughs> uh, and the message was fan- phenomenal. I mean, it was a, just a tr- just a triple. Th- Triple header of goodness. Like, it was it was great, man. Trifecta, baby. Oh, so Come good. on. It was super good. But I, uh, I'm i excited, man. You know, uh, we hit it last week. Just, whoo, we just rolled right in. We steamrolled in 2024. And I'll tell you something. We're building on, on something great here. Um, but, yeah, we are excited. As you heard, our producer up front, man, we just got a lot of platforms. Just check us out through those we want to hear from you guys and spread the word spread the word of the post sunday podcast man we're getting some great feedback we are right out the gate yes people texting emailing dming us just you know uh they're ready so we're ready let's unpack it we got a lot to talk about and when it involves family i think everybody leans in a little bit more i agree everybody does everybody loves their kids yep Everybody loves their Most. grandchildren. <laughs> yeah, there's there's moments, right? There's moments. But there's yeah. that wiring inside that yeah. I want to get this right or do this right or fix this, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. So when you talk about family, everybody leans in a little yeah. bit. We sense that. We so let's talk that. about it yeah. all day long. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. We sense that on Sunday. Um, I wasn't in, you know, up front like I usually am, um, but I, I was in another space, which was great. I was able to kudos, shout out, man, real quick, shout out to my production team, man. I, I got to give it to them. They are, um, they, 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 they surprised me. They pleasantly surprised me. I, I didn't know what to expect, and uh, and and dude, they 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 crushed it. I'm so proud of them. What they do to bring an online experience, uh, aside from the plethora of of things we have to just deal with with technology and in our space it can be a little complicated that you too. never know are going on <laughs> we can prepare on a wednesday you just night are playing your guitar and with your sun- eyes closed worshiping <laughs> and i'm looking going that what? that 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 exactly that. like there is a head every week it doesn't fail like from Wednesday to Sunday, something happens. Correct. There is an enemy out to get us. Correct. But uh, man, these 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 people are the true MVPs. I'm super proud of them. But uh, you know, saying that, being able to see things in a different angle on Sunday, uh, still was just leaning in, like you said. Message was fantastic. You can sense that in the building. Like yeah. it was like 
Oof, we're hitting family. It's a realization. This is it. When you talk about Jesus, yep. everything changes. It does. It does. does. Everybody has a feeling about Jesus, right? Yeah. Doesn't mean everybody believes about him, but everybody has a feeling about him or towards him or the things of him. Yeah. So when you start interjecting the name Jesus into any conversation, it changes. It changes the atmosphere. It changes the environment. It changes the conversation. It does. All those things. Yeah. And we're going to do that for a whole year. I know, man. So let's ride together. I, you know, it's great, man. I tell you, uh, for a young speaker uh, of myself, this it last two years just can't get any better in regards to just, you know, knowing where we're headed and the direction that we're going, but just really, really fine-tuning our study. Like, it's so good, man, like, to fine-tune our study, fine-tune the exact words of Jesus. I'll tell you, these next two years, if you have not, if, if you just don't know anything of Scripture, like, that's a you problem, because we have gone through the, the never-ending story, which is our entire Genesis to Revelation study, and, and yeah, we might have skipped some things in there, but for the most part. And then this year, man, going through everything that Jesus, his life, his miracles, his teachings, like, dude, this is this this is a backpack of of just survival. That's what we're camp. here for. Yeah. How yeah. else will we rethink life the way God intended? Let's go. If we don't know God's story, let's go. God's people. This must be great God's for promise. you, man, because like early on, I don't know how your approach was, but you know, you saw the the you saw kind of this wave of 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 um four-week series, six-week series, and, like, it can get challenging, man, yeah. you know, to really come up with something fresh. We don't want to recycle things. Sometimes you do just for, for a reminder purposes. But, I mean, I'm sure with this, this has been probably, like, you must be pretty excited about. It's been fun because all the things that I've learned for years, it's like you're getting to finally truly unpack them, you know, in, in a way that I think uh, – it's not just that it makes sense, but it clearly kind of brings things together in a, in a nice thread. It makes things, you know, uh, it makes things work. And so at the same time, what happens is, is that you begin to be able to connect the dots like we did last year. That's, that's the key part of all of it. It's yeah. not just learning pieces of the Bible. It's when you see a bigger piece or a bigger story or a bigger promise or a bigger blessing playing out in God's story. Yeah. That is allows you to understand the scriptures better. And that's what we've been doing for last year. That's what we're going to do for this year. And as we've said, we know where we're going next year. And people are like, what? Wait a second. How do you do that? But for me, it's all just been confirmation that God is who he is and he does what he says he'll do. Yeah. And when you lean into God and you hear the Holy Spirit speak and he says, go on this adventure, and you're like, really? This is what we're going to do? We're not going to do like a four-week marriage series and a four-week, you know, friendship series and a four-week, uh, you know, uh, this Bible character, whatever. We're just going to take this journey, yeah. this adventure, and then you do it and you start to see what he is producing in people. Not what we're producing. It, you know, we're just telling his story. We're exactly. trying to be faithful yep. followers of Jesus. And so at, at the beginning of it all, every Sunday morning, before I get out of my truck, I learned this from a mentor of mine. I literally just, I, I say a quick prayer. God, these are not people to be feared, but you are a God who I am to fear, right? And that's how I have to approach this. I am here to deliver your words and your story to the people. I am not here to be fearful of the crowd that's growing and getting bigger and multiple services and people are like, hey, do you ever get nervous standing in front of people? In my humanness, that can play a part, but I'm not here to fear any of them. I fear God and God is giving us his word to teach and shepherd people with and we are to uphold that with holiness and integrity yeah. and we're seeing God work and move in people's lives because of it. Man, super good, bro. Super good. And I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you, Come in fierce, and uh, I've noticed, man, just a just a change in your teaching since you've been part of that cohort about a year and a half ago. Uh, it just it's really like amped you up like yeah. in a different direction. So I'm I'm excited to learn from you on those aspects. Yeah, the, the cohort was a teaching was and preaching group yeah. I was a part of for a year with pastors from all over the country, yeah. traveling and, and spending time with them. So just side note for all of our listeners and and viewers, uh, the coach of my cohort. You gonna do this? Can I do that right yeah, here? Yeah, 
Yeah, why not? He'll be here on Super Bowl Sunday speaking at Genesis Church. Let's go. And uh, he is a phenomenal teaching pastor. He was the coach for 12 of us pastors from around the country, written multiple books, and helped us put together the layout for the way of the Messiah. So he's coming in. I can't wait. Super Bowl Sunday. So if you're on the pod, circle the date and get ready. If you're in a pod, you're getting exclusive information right now. No one else knows. No one else knows, man. So thank you for being loyal and faithful. I promise you this year will be full of these little nuggets of and treats, these little treats that will give you and give you some inside scoop on some things just to give you a little bit of a create division in the church. (laughs) Like I knew this was happening. I didn't know it was happening. Do you listen to the pod? Well, no, I don't like, there you go. (laughs) Your reason why you don't know. So, uh, this is awesome. So man, uh, we're hitting it right straightforward. Uh, there's a couple ways you approach this, as you said with family, but when I first read it, uh, it, it really like, it just jumped at me. You know, last week we, we, the question was, is Jesus God? This week is life random, right? And we and, and we and we really lean towards genealogy. We lean towards just the beginning of the way Matthew just headed the gospel of Jesus. It was very important that he did it that way. Um, I'll be honest with you, I was one to skip these parts. Um for most of my Christian walk, you see names and you're just like, ah, can we get to the good stuff a little bit here, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, who, who hasn't? Am I, am I wrong? We, we all do it. Yeah. And yet, in essence, this is like the easiest genealogy to at least read. Yeah. Because you're familiar with a lot of the names. It's the ones when you're in like numbers Ooh. and you're in chronicles and you're with the kings and you're like, wait, is this king following God? Is this king not following God? And, and is, you know, I can't, I can't remember where we're at and whose son this is and grandson and who got the throne. And so, in essence, what we have to say is this first. Without all these names and lists and all these things that are written down, they are recorded historic documentation. So, once again, the Bible is written by real people, real places, and real time. How can we say that and declare that to be true? Because these lists that were captured are no different than when, like, I went to Germany and I got to, uh, last year, go through one of the concentration uh, concentration camps that still exist in the sense of some of the buildings and some of the things that, that happened during that time. And one of the things that is wild is that in all of the horrific things that were happening and all the tragic things that were happening from Hitler and, and the Germans to the Jews and all of that stuff, they kept impeccable records of everybody that they detained, wow. that they killed. And so there, you go in and in these glass cases, there's just lists of names. And it's like, you don't stand around and try to read all the, of them, right? But you know, this is documentation of people that truly existed during this time and had to go through these horrific things. And the Bible gives you different chapters and different books of people's names, and it is proof that it is documentation. So once again, you may not believe the divinity of the Bible. You may not believe that Jesus is who he claimed to be, whatever that is you're wrestling and struggling with. But the realization is that these are his, truly historic books yeah. with historic documentation, and these names provide that for us. And so when you get into Matthew, First of all, you're getting a historic written account of an eyewitness of Jesus in Matthew. You may not believe Jesus is who he says he was, but this guy walked with him, talked with him, and he has journaled, in essence, their time together, and he opens it up very specific with a genealogy. John opened up very specific, wanting you to know that Jesus was there from the very beginning of it all. Um, He is God in flesh. Matthew opens it up with, I want you to know how Jesus arrived, the family tree he came through, the lineage he's a part of, and most importantly, I want you to know two things. He's the blessing from Abraham that all of Israel has been waiting for, that covenant promise with God, and I want you to know he's in the lineage and he's from the line of King David, the long-awaited king of Israel. 
that will set up his eternal kingdom has arrived. And this is the focus of what he's wanting you to see. Yeah, yeah. And so Jesus' genealogy is, is just not a list of random names. They're, they're arrows pointing to something bigger, yeah. right? And yeah. so that, that was great. And, and it's the truth, man. And as you become more hungry for the word of God, um, you know, since we have been able to read, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I always get the title wrong, um, Sitting at the Feet of Rabbi Jesus. Correct. Uh, it's it's been an eye opener in the sense of wanting to know Jewish, uh, just Jewish theology, Jewish uh, culture, understanding why they did what they did, and for Matthew to do something like this, it was very important for Jewish people to really identify where they've come from. I mean, you hear it in Scripture themselves: "I am the son of this." person or, or, or I am the daughter of this person, uh, which, which is the grand, you know, which is the, the son of this person. Like they, there would be emphasis on that because there was importance about lineage, uh, and, and being together. It, it, it almost identified you and marked you, um, for who you were at that time. Like, right. I, I, I would 100%. say, I say that that's so what when was. you take this genealogy, there's there's things within it that as we as you just said that are very Jewish. Therefore, we are part of a Jewish faith. We have to understand this. Yeah. We have to uh, take hold of this. We have to lean into this because that is what allows us to see things and understand things that we wouldn't as Westerners living in America in 2024. Mm. So whenever we're like, oh, it's confusing or it's hard or it's difficult, and, and I don't know if I want to spend the time searching it. Um, you do, because when you do, it brings things to life. Or this is why we teach the way that we do at Genesis, and that's why we have this podcast to help you study and learn and see things that maybe you never would have before. And so when you take this genealogy of Matthew, um, my coach, who's also been a, a, a writer and a professor of theology and all those types of things, he pointed this out. He said, uh, Matthew is subtle and brilliant. He says he broke down the genealogy of Jesus into three sections, each with 14 names. All the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, on, and from David to the de deportation to Babylon were 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to Jesus Christ, 14 generations. He said, but have you ever stopped to count them? So here's the little details that, like, you may miss. And in the scope of things, maybe it wouldn't change the big picture for you. However, the more you learn, the more you discover, I think it makes the big picture clearer for you. So there's a difference, right? I may not miss the big picture, but I want the big picture to be as clear as it possibly can for me, right? If I'm going to put my faith and trust in it. He says, have you ever stopped to count them? He says, I did. He says, and I've done it multiple times. He says, stop and fact check me. Like, go ahead, go back and do that. He says, Matthew is doing something that is very Jewish, okay? He says, um, when he went back and he did this, he couldn't believe it with his eyes. He says, I thought perhaps that all of Matthew uh, had to work with, and he was just rounding up, right? Mm -hmm. Because something doesn't add up. And when he goes back and he counts them, he says, the first section is 14 names. Mm -hmm. The middle section is only 13 names. And so some people would say, like, well, then there's then he lied. There's a discrepancy. But it's he's doing something very Jewish, right? Because it's not about the number per se and how he skipped it. It's how he wrote it. Mm -hmm. And so at, at the end of the first section and the beginning of the second section, he gives David a double portion. He ends with his name and he begins with his name. Mm -hmm. Why would he do that? Because he wants every Jewish person that he's currently writing to to realize every Jew that had exalted David as the great King David and forever I was looking for, as the scriptures are written, the son of David, the son of God, to arrive and set up his earthly kingdom that would last forever. He wants it to be like two big arrows pointing in. Hey, I'm going to end this section with David. I'm going to begin this section with David. David gets a double portion because you need to know, believe, trust, lean into, build your foundation upon the son of God, the son of David, the King David has 
arrived. And we would miss that. We would. If we didn't try to understand this and and see the clear picture to help us understand the big picture of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I was reading... um, I was reading a little bit of, uh, of just the importance of it. There was, uh, I'm going to read an insert too, but um, Ron and Linda Hayward returned from Papua New Guinea, New Guinea. They were Bible translators who had just come back from the States after translating the New Testament into native dialect. dialect. They spent over a decade learning language and culture. They toiled over every sentence to make sure it communicated the truth of the gospel. They went through all the stories of Jesus, his miracles, sermons, death, and resurrection. Wow. What does that remind you of, right? What we're doing. The last thing they translated in Matthew was the genealogy. They didn't think the tribal people would be interested in a list of Jewish names, and they were wrong. When Ron and Linda showed them Matthew's genealogy, the natives were stunned. This is what they said. You mean to tell us these are real stories? (laughs) What do you mean, replied Rhonda and Linda. Jesus had a family history, they said. That, That means he is a real person. So the importance of this seemingly boring list of names struck Rhonda and Linda. Ron and Linda, the gospel doesn't begin once upon a time. It's about real people with real plot problems just like you and me. That's so good. Oh, what an amazing story, right? <laughs> and it's the amazing. reality is this list that Matthew's writing, hey. although it involves the patriarchs, Abraham, yeah. Isaac, Jacob, it is not there to say Jesus is just a patriarch of the faith. It is there to tell you the king has arrived. The blessing that God promised all nations that would come through Abraham. So he begins, this is the genealogy of Jesus, the son of David, Mm. the son of Abraham. And so he he is just throwing light bulbs. You know, they're going off everywhere, and he's got these big arrows pointing to it. So Just like John is going, hey, before I tell you the life of Jesus that I observed and spent and I I I walked with and and I discovered and I learned from, he's God in flesh. Matthew's doing the same thing. Before I tell you, and remember, we know that Matthew's a tax collector. Yeah. So he's got to be good with numbers during this time, right? Almost impeccable for Rome to trust him to be one who handles their money and their finances. Mm. And so therefore he's impeccable in how he is listing out the genealogy of Jesus, very strategic, very Jewish so that everyone sees right up front. He's everything you've been waiting for. He has arrived. And that is why if you just skip through it or you skip over, you move past it. I would say initially that's okay because you may not, understand it right away but don't ever disregard it right don't ever just go well i'm never going to try to figure that out Mm. because if you do yes you will find a genealogy as we said on sunday that is a heavenly blessing you get abraham and isaac and jacob and and david and solomon and ruth and joseph the the father of jesus whom we know the scriptures call a righteous man but you also get to see inside the stories of all those other people if you know the backstory yeah. in our Old Testament, as we say, um, of what these people were about and what makes up this earthly family tree of Jesus, God in flesh. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's when we come to find that out, as we read earlier, it's real people with real problems. Yep, real people, real places, real time with real problems. Like we've we've never added that. We one. never added that one. That's but you could that, now, that could right? Twenty twenty fours. Like like you you add it because that's the reality. So anybody that's facing real problems with their family, their 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 kids, their grandchildren, their parents before them, their yeah. grandparents before them, like this is this is this is gold. This is, this is spiritual gold to look at the family tree and go, it's a heavenly blessing, but all these people inside of it have earthly baggage, right? And, and when you begin to unpack that, I think it allows people to breathe for a second and go, my, I'm messed up or my family's messed up or we don't have great relationships or I'm struggling as to what was you know passed down to me, those types of things. 
you begin to realize everybody has earthly baggage. Yeah. And so did the people of the Bible. And while we want to study from them and learn and observe their faith in the midst of their problems and baggage, don't exalt them to such a place that you forget that they had it. Mm. That alone should make, a lot of people will go, well, I, I really can't say the Bible because I'll never be like the people in the Bible. Mm. No, you're just like the people in the Bible. Exactly. They just, at some point, maybe took a bigger step of faith. Yeah. They maybe... Uh, the fire began to burn differently to really be passionate about their faith that hasn't burned in you yet. But at the same time, they had problems and hiccups and addictions and, and they had uh, uh, affairs. And, and, and I mean, we read all this stuff, right? Like there, there are things that went on in their life, brokenness, that there are consequences for some of those decisions in their life, just like there's consequences to ours. There was Mercy and forgiveness experienced and grace from God in some of those where God picked them up and still used them in the midst of all of that, just like he can you and I. And so this is a very relatable chapter in the Bible. Think of how many chapters there are. But you could just sit in the genealogy of Jesus and go, I can learn a lot. I can relate a lot. I can discover a lot. And I can I can change a lot just by what I find out in this list. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the list is is long. Correct. <laughs> Aside from yeah. your 12 disciples, right, that we've come to find that just have a ton of different issues, unbelief like crazy. Um, listen, we're, we're all in the same boat, man. Join, join the imperfect crowd, right, the misfits. And we don't know everything about everyone on this list. Yep. So when we point out we certain know what names, scripture says, yeah. there are names that we don't recognize or we, we're not as familiar with, let's say that until they're in this list or they they just, there's not much given about them. So someone may say, well, is that person just as important as mm-hmm. that person? If they're in this list, their name matters, Yeah. right? Just like your name matters. Is your name listed in the Lamb's book of life with God? Yeah. Cause it matters. All names matter. Cause all people matter. Cause there is a creator that created them with the plan and purpose, whether we want to accept that and receive that or not. And so when you look at this list of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Judah, and you just begin to read the list like we did Sunday with Tamar and, and Ruth and, and Boaz and, and King David and Solomon and Jeroboam, and they're deported to Babylon, it just reminds you that there's liars, there's thieves, there's, uh, there's fornication, there, there's, there's adultery, there's murder, there's all these things, and then there's just complete rebellion where you just end up in captivity away from God in a place you're not even supposed to be, yeah. opposite of what he promised you to be free in a, in a land flowing with milk and honey because you went your own way. And you can then sit back and go, yeah, my Jerry Springer messed up family <laughs> has a lot of earthly baggage. True. Or I'm carrying a lot of earthly baggage. So were the people in this list, but they either eventually surrendered to God. They confessed their sins to God. They redirected their path on a path with God. Some of them didn't, right? You know, like the Jeroboam didn't. No. And so, but God still used it. Yeah. So it's as if God is showing all of us, I'm in control of the story. I will use the good and the bad. I will use the great and the ugly. I will use the the joy and the sorrow. I'm the one in control. I'm writing the story and watch and learn how I yielded this story and wielded it through a bunch of imperfect people to still bring you your Savior, your Messiah, your King, and your blessing yeah. for all eternity. Yeah, man. And that gives us hope. That gives us hope that we can, that even in our lives, in our brokenness, right, um, I just I, I love the way you, you you use that now to say what are you pretty much what are you gonna do about it? Right? Because your baggage and what you've been through in your past or what your family history has been, that's what it is. That's exactly what it is, is history. What are you gonna do now? What are the steps that you're gonna take now to begin to build a legacy, something that's lasting for your family? How are you going to break the chains? How are you going to break the generational curses, the things in your life that have been holding you down uh, in your family line? What are you going to do to make a change and make a difference? And, and I, I thought 
that it that really hit a lot of people hard on Sunday, man. I shared Sunday a story of a practice that my wife and I went through about seven years ago at a pastor's retreat. And, and I say it was the most life-changing because here's the reality. Most of us can identify a negative thing from our past, our, our parents, our grandparents, that we could say had a deep negative impact on our life. Um, but there are a lot of different factors that impact your life, and some of them you're not aware of. And so this practice was where a counselor took us through, for those that weren't with us on Sunday, I'll just summarize it quickly. And he said, I want you to write down your family tree as far as back as you can, you know, truly think and, and know and list their names and then list your aunts and uncles and your family and your cousins as much as you want, brothers and sisters. And then beside each of them, this is what we're going to do. We're only going to write down any negative thing that happened to them. Whether they chose to do it or not. And when you do that, and all of a sudden you start to look back at your family tree and you go, okay, there was a major, um, there's a major divorce with my grandparents on my mother's side that had a profound impact on my mom and her siblings, which then began to affect how they navigated life and how they began to raise their families. And then all of a sudden you can begin to see these traits and these things that start to trickle in. It's not just the divorce. It's how they handled the divorce. One handled it this way. One handled it that way. One, one just kind of took life and, 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 and ran down this path. The other decided I have to try to hold the family together because mom's all alone and dad's not here. All these things that happen and, and in the negative impact that that starts to create in different ways and splinter paths and directions of life and family. And then how did that get to me, right? And so while it's hard and you're, you're just admitting no, per, no family member's perfect, including myself. And so you're not making excuses for yourself, but you're looking and going, you know what? This deeply affected my parents and, and, and my mom or dad began to function this way. And I've picked up that character trait in my life and I've been functioning that way with my mm. wife and my kids. Wow, that, that, that was being passed down. You know, my, my dad's side has had some horrific tra tragedies when it comes to death that rocked their family. And they all had to respond differently. But my dad responded a certain way, the good and the bad with it, that then affected our home and affected us. And you're, you're starting to carry that. And so when you take all of that and you look at anybody that's listening or, 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 or watching, there are things in your life that have transpired before you mm. that some have chosen to walk that path with those consequences and some things you've had no control over. Death, sickness, disease, you know, uh, divorces and, and, and things like that, whatever it may be, but they're affecting you. And when you can see it on paper, your eyes are open going, now I can see it. I, I know what to claim and I know what to break. Yeah. That's the key. If I can't it. identify it, I can't break it. Yep, exactly. Therefore, I'm going around saying my family's messed up or you don't know what I grew up with. Find out why. Find out why. Yeah. Or put it on paper yeah. so that you can see it and you can break it. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's funny we talk about all this. And um, my my dad's side of the family came to visit uh, and spend time with us late in uh, in August of 2023, um, and we were here to celebrate our our family, um, just being in ministry for ni in 90 plus years of uh, uh, faith in our family. And so, uh, anytime I can get a, a moment with my uncle, uh, which, by the way, on Sunday, he celebrated 40 years of ministry. Wow. And it was awesome. My dad, we talked, and he, my dad was like, yeah, did you get to see it, the service? I was there in, you know, uh, live on, on, um, on Zoom, you know, with them talking about your uncle and just how the impact has been on my life. And I was like, I got to go check it out. But I, it was great to sit down because there was nights of conversation that we talked about um, just the family lineage. How was your dad? I would tell him, right? And he would tell me stories and stories. And their, their father wasn't a patriarch, so to say, of the faith like they are now. Right. 
their grandparents were, right? And their father, you know, my uh, their mother, my dad's mom died at a young age, so they're they're looking out for themselves at a very young age, which correlated certain attitudes and 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 things that my dad did. I'm like, that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense why you did that. That makes sense why you act this way or why you were that way. Um, my, because my, my, my parents were divorced at a very young age for me. And I always battle with questions of just like, how can you do that? How can you do this? What's up with this? Why? And as I just began to learn through my uncle, him ch- teaching me, telling me testimonies, telling me stories of how they were growing up and, and everything they went through, it, 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 it allowed me to have an understanding and uh, reflection, but also, man, it brought forgiveness. Like, I was able to say, man, you know, like, that's tough to go through. And, and I'm not excusing the things that you didn't do for me, but at the same time, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to look I'm choosing to look at unforgiveness. I'm choosing to look through this with the mirror of unforg- of forgiveness because I I know, I, I can only imagine what you dealt with in that situation. But looking at my dad's life, I've always looked at his life and I've said, man, you know, he's taught me some things on what to do. But I, 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 I don't know if this is a good thing to say, but... My dad's really taught me what not to do. Right. And like, you don't ever want to say that, you know, you wish you could say it the other way around, but that's just how the dice rolled for me. And when I looked at his life, I said, man, I, I don't want to do that. So I'm doing the opposite. Simple, right? One plus one equals two. Like, I, I'm just not, I'm not going to do what you did. I'm going to do the total opposite. And, and that's literally been my approach to our, my marriage, my approach to ministry, my approach to uh, finances, my, all these different things that became a challenge for me to understand as a young person. I said, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look at this in the, in the other perspective through God in that lens. And it's worked out. <laughs> but it has, and that is, <laughs> you know? I think that's what's great about us sitting across from yeah. each other. Because anyone listening, you know, you're you're a, you're a chain breaker, plain and simple, because of what you just said, right? I saw what not to do. Yeah. And anybody that says I love my family, I love my kids, well, then prove it. Put in the work. Yeah. And you have put in the work. Someone may look at me and go, yeah, I, I, I didn't have it like you did. Mm. I'm a third generation pastor. But when I go back, my grandfather was a chain breaker, right? He was, a, he was in the Navy. He was in the military. You know, he was um, in the Korean War. Uh, I've heard stories like in his hometown, he would fight anybody, cuss out anybody, you know, partying on the weekends. They can't believe he gave his life to God, right? But when he did, it was a complete 180. Wow. And he turned around and made sure God was in our family. Now, he was very fundamental, very conservative, mm-hmm. and very strict about it. So there was good and bad with that, right? But the good outweighed the bad, and the good trickled down. My dad has every excuse in my mind when I was a high schooler to walk away from the faith because of the tragedies that have happened in our home. He's lost two brothers. He lost his father. Wow. He had a sister almost die in a car accident. We've had, I've had a cousin, a nephew that's paralyzed from the chest down. There is tragedy upon tragedy. And I've seen my dad choose to walk closer with God than to run from God or blame God or get angry with God. That has trickled down, right? So I've had good. Now, my job is to build upon the good and still sort through the bad because all of those tragedies have also brought some negative reactions, whatever it is, you know, that, that they carry, that I carry, because we all do that. To sit here and say we don't have the DNA of the people before us in us mm. is, is illogical. It's true. 
I was at, I was in um, Virginia back in November and my daughter who's in fifth grade wanted to go to Thomas Jefferson's house, which is about an hour away from my hometown because that's what they were learning in their class. So we went up to it. We took the tour. The tour guide was excellent telling us all about Thomas Jefferson, the good and the bad, because we've learned, right? That there, there, there was both. And um, she was telling us that, you know, Thomas Jefferson obviously had a relationship with one of his slaves and, and children. And so those children, one of them was uh, working in the kitchen. One of them was the, uh, the masonry, the, the carpenter of, of the plantation, right? And they knew this. And, and so the, the records were impeccable. So here's records and names that were kept mm-hmm. by Thomas Jefferson about these people. And this is how they can tell the history of who they are, these real people that really existed. And she said, a few years ago, we brought the descendants to the house to show them some new things that we had discovered. So they've been able to track the descendants of Thomas Jefferson through this family line. And she said, the most amazing thing happened. She said, we had discovered before they had arrived that not only was this man the carpenter and the the masonry and all that stuff, he was also the lead gardener for the entire plantation. So he played dual roles. She said, but we had just kind of discovered this and some new things that we had found in documentation that had been discovered and things like that um, on, on his property. She said, when we relayed that to the family that we brought in, she said, a bunch of them started crying. They were in tears. And she goes, we were kind of like, why are they in tears? She said that they began to tell her that a few of them owned a flower shop. Mm. One of them owned a landscaping business. They were, in essence, gardeners. And they had no clue that they all had this joy of working with flowers and bushes and shrubs that goes all the way back to an ancestor of theirs. And so she was just celebrating this moment. And I was just thinking like, wow, how cool is that? First of all, but then she was confirming that what was in their ancestor was in them. And so we have to realize that what's in our ancestors is in us, the good and the bad. And we have to be able to see it so that we can build upon the good and we can break the chains of the bad and be able to do that. If our family, if our marriage truly matters, if our grandchildren matter, we have to be honest with ourselves so that we can look in the mirror and go, yeah, you respond and you act the same way your mom or dad did Hmm. or your grandparents did, you know? And so there are habits where some people would say, my parents used to yell and I'm a yeller. Hmm. I scream, right? Uh, my dad used to have a anger problem and, and I have anger issues, you know, that I don't want to have with my kids. You hear all these things, right? Or you hear people say, my parent was an alcoholic and I struggle with alcohol, but this was going on in our home, infidelity and, and adultery. And, and, and I struggle with, you know, porn and, and, and with, you know, being faithful to my wife. We've heard the, this, these conversations from people where those things are negatively affecting uh, even even religion. My parents were devout this. And so I just thought that I had to be this way and it's been hard to break. And so on Sunday we talked about the fact that when you come into the faith family of God, everything changes. And that means in essence that you might have to separate yourself from the family here on earth, even biologically, that is continuing to, to load you up with their earthly baggage. For the health of you, the health of your marriage, the health of your kids, we are not saying you don't love them, you don't care about them, you don't forgive them, you don't show them grace, you don't, you know, give them other opportunities, but you don't give them the ability and the doorway to harm you again. Yeah. When you can see it, recognize it, you are responsible for what you leave behind you. You are not responsible for what those who before you have done to you. Mm. And for some people, that's been very harmful. It's been very hurtful. It's been evil. It's been wicked. You're not responsible for those people, but you are responsible for you and what you do behind you. And so if you need help, if you need counseling, whatever it is, get it. I highly encourage it. We go to a counselor. You know, you do. I do. Our staff does. My counseling sessions next week, January 25th. I will drive an hour out and I will sit with my counselor. I've been doing counseling and taking counseling for for almost 18 years of my marriage that will be celebrating 24 years, you know, this October. So 
get the help that you need. And that might mean there's a little bit of a breakaway or separation because you realize I'm not responsible for what was passed on to me or down to me or done to me, but I am responsible for what I passed down behind me. That's good, man. That is super good. So with that statement, man, we wanted to launch right into our PSPQ question of the day. We have producer Alexis with us today. What's up, everybody? Talk so to us. So the question for today, it says, you know how Tim was talking about releasing things that have happened to you and letting go. How exactly does one do that? Because I got a lot. Mm. Wow. So whoever sent that, thank you for your honesty. Yeah, for sure. Um, because I don't think uh, you realize that there are many people that relate to that question. Yeah. I got a lot. What do you sure. do when you have a lot, right? Yeah. And so um, I've learned from my counselors that there is absolute truth in you focus on the things you can control, not on the things you can't control. Mm. And you can control if you've had a lot that you're trying to weed through, taking it one step at a time, mm. one moment at a time, one issue at a time, right? That's correct. You need healing. Yeah. So the reality is, as I think about that, when we say give it over to God, that doesn't mean that it won't stay with you. Or disappears. Disappear. Yep. You won't carry that. What that means is that you trust that God is the one that can heal you in that. Yeah. What you're in essence saying is, I will no longer allow this to have a doorway or a window into my life to continue to hurt me, mm. to have a negative impact on me. So when I let it go or I forgive, it does not mean forget. Forgiveness does not mean forgetting. As a matter of fact, God may call you to remember it forever. Why? So that, as you just said, I don't repeat it. Or one day God may use it. It was a reminder in of my his story. faithfulness to you as well. Right. In my story, in yep. my faithfulness for his benefit, for his glory, because someone else may be facing it. Yep. Can guarantee you, no matter what you've gone through, you are not the only person on the planet to have ever gone through that. Yeah. That is the beauty of this family tree of Jesus. Abraham rushes God's promise and takes it into his own hands and has Ishmael, which causes all sorts of problems for generations to come, right? Yeah. So how many of us have rushed God's promise and taken into our own hands and screwed it up? Relatable. Uh, King David has someone murdered so that he can take his wife because he watched her and he lusted after her. How many people have done something wrong because it started with lust and looking at or engaging in something they shouldn't have? Rahab, a prostitute. We are pretty sure, can't, totally say and confirm, but especially biblically like today, most women and girls in prostitution never put themselves there. They were forced there. They were taken and put there. Uh, they were living in, in horrible conditions and someone came along, duped them, lied to them, cleaned them up, and then used them and abused them. There are people that that's in their past. Wrong things have been done to them. How do I let that go? You don't let it go. You let God heal it. You bring it to him and you say, this is my baggage. This is my pain. This is my hurt. I give this to you. I have to stay with you. I have to walk with you. I have to read your words. I have to see that although I don't feel good or worthy or, or, or like I can have a good story, yes, I can because I can see in this genealogy you still use people and you still redeem people. And if you use those people and you redeem those people, then you can use me and you can redeem me. Mm. And so your story and God's glory in it comes out of maybe the thing you're supposed to give him. That's why I referenced the family in our church, that God has redeemed their marriage. They're being used by God to help other people in their marriages. At the same time, he's now redeeming one of their children. So their story for at least two generations is declaring a God of redemption. Maybe you're declaring a God that, that 
that men's brokenness because that's what you're carrying around. Maybe you're, you're declaring a God who brings peace because you've been in situations or circumstances or in a family tree that's full of anger, screaming, yelling, and chaos. But God wants to, through you, bring peace. Maybe you've been in a family situation where there's fighting and there's bitterness and there's separation and there's no one's talking to each other and there's no relationship whatsoever. And God says, that's great. I know that happened before you, but in you and through you, I, you're going to be a family of grace and, and, and forgiveness. And so you're not going to hold on to the bitterness and you're not going to look at your spouse and your kids and go, we're going we're gonna to not talk. We're going to just separate and we're going to go our own ways. You're going to fight in that and you're going to fight through that. And so you take it one issue at a time. You control the things you can control and you let go of the things you can't control. And in essence, you ask God, how can the baggage that I've been through or carry mm. be turned around and be used for your glory and for your honor in my home, in my family, yeah. and maybe in someone else's? That's the beauty of it. Yeah part of your story man um i was looking at uh some quotes from leading with a limp one of your favorite one of your favorite favorite books. leadership book yeah dan allender yeah. leading with a limp yeah, he said every one of your weaknesses is the doorway not only to better character but to leadership dividends so enormous that avoiding the necessary risk is utter foolishness bro it's part of your story, man. Um, my wife has faced tremendous, like, things. Just just the birth of our twins, almost, her life was almost gone with that. And that was traumatic, and we dealt with that. Trying to find an answer to why, right? Like, why? Why, God, why? That's the reason, you know? That's the question. In 2020, she faced enormous challenges, in her career, in her health. Um, but man, I got to see her already in 2024. Earlier, uh, earlier last week, lead people in worship. And she didn't tell me this, but in the middle of the set, she stops everything. We're kind of in that moment of, of just really reflecting in worship. She shot out of a cannon begins to share her testimony in 2020. The stress, the anxiety that she was feeling. Um, ne never before feeling these types of things, thinking, oh, whoever went through it, come on, you know, let move on. But this was like like a stronghold in her life. It was it was real. She shared the, just 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 the traumatic moment of it and just how it paralyzed her entire year. Um, and she shared that, dude, with so much authority. And uh, was she afraid? Yes. Is she still dealing with side effects of these things? Yes. You know, does she take a little bit of medication to help her uh, deal with some of these, the anxiety and keep her just in, in, in a great, just regulated and, and, and balanced? Yes. But she's coping with it. She's, she's healing from it. Every, every step that she's taking, it's, it's a step of healing. Right, she, God's putting her in a in, in a place of of, uh, of 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 lack of comfort. What do you call that? Uncomfortness uh, um, is that a word? Uh, to bring out the 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 fear, to bring out the healing out of her, man. Like to bring that stuff out of her when she she, she when, when when she would never do it on her own. And it has been beautiful to see the healing process of God just turning her life around in such a beautiful, beautiful way. And I told her, I said, "Hun, you got so much ammo. Like, like we all have a testimony, but the things that you are, you've went through are so relevant to not only women, but to men, to so many people right now. You have, you have ammunition right now that you can use to fire away and change just and be a part of the change in people's lives in such a tremendous way. And I said, man, don't waste it. So for that question, don't waste the story that God is using in your life. Because yes, do, as you said, the healing takes precedence. Do it. You need it. Take your time. Find God in the middle of that. 
But you best to believe that God's going to want to use that as part of your story. 100%. Moving forward. And you know what? That's where God uses the bad and turns it around for the good. The, the beauty of what you just said, even involving your wife Jennifer, um, is no different than any of us. It's why Timothy mm-hmm. says God does not give us a spirit of fear. I would say fear and fairness the enemy uses to block us from faithfulness. Someone will look at their family tree and there'll be fear or in their own circumstance of life creating their family of this very hard thing that took place or transpired. I can't move past this. I can't get beyond this. I can't overcome this. That's the enemy. That's the enemy just injecting fear into you to freeze you. He also will use fairness. It's not fair. (laughs) It's not fair that I lost a family member. It's not fair that I didn't have two parents that stayed together. It's not fair that this has happened to me in my life. And he'll use both to stop you from being faithful. And so as you're being healed, as you said, is also I'm taking a step towards healing and I'm taking a step towards faithfulness. God, how you want to do both and use both is up to you. But I'm walking with Jesus, the Messiah, right now. And walking means, literally, you are taking one step forward, Mm. one step after the next, and you are walking with the Messiah, not uh, way behind the Messiah, not out in front of the Messiah, because he said, lo, I'll be with you. I'll be right beside you to the very end of it all. So it's a faith question now, right? Do I really believe that in the midst of all this, he can work and he can move? And this is what this genealogy of Jesus shows us. It is faith-filled people and flawed people, just like you and I, with baggage and stories and, and tragedies, as well as triumph and, and, and glory and continued work of God's promise. And just like he did then, he can do now yeah. in us and through us. And so there are people that need to break the chain of religion for a relationship with Jesus. There are people need to break the chain of excuses that my life is not like your life. You don't understand. Yeah, you may have gone through more because God wants to do more with you than he does the person that didn't have to face it, as well as the person that hasn't faced a lot, a lot like someone else. How beautiful is that? You get to walk through life and say, you don't have to come through life with all the scars and all the cuts, and all the pain that someone else may have because they didn't walk this way. And you get to show them that. It's like we say, people say, it's impossible to stay pure before you're married today. No one's doing it. I can, I can give you a list. <laughs> I can show you lots of people. And for someone to look at me and go, well, you don't understand. You know, It's just not that way. It can be that way. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm better than you. I'm just telling you there's there there can be a way it, it could be done and it has been done. And so your life and your story has happened for a reason. Good and bad. God will take the good and he will use it for his glory and as we have learned in the nevering story of God, you taught this with Joseph. What the enemy meant for evil, yes. He will turn for good as well. Yes. For yes. his glory. Yes. And so Someone listening today that's like, can God redeem my family tree? Yes, he can. He did. We, that's why Matthew opens it up that way. He redeemed the world through a broken, messed up family tree with a bunch of earthly baggage. If he can do that then, he can do that now because the Savior he brought then is the Savior he wants to instill inside of you to continue to work until he returns for his people. And so, you know, I was thinking about this as we're, we're coming to an end. Just, I think, is a just a beautiful passage of scripture that, to be honest with you, I didn't find till before the service on Sunday morning, as I was just in my stuff, and my wife has posted all these scripture cards around our bathroom. So you're in there like brushing your teeth, doing your hair, whatever, just getting dressed. <laughs> It's scripture upon scripture. She's a, she does this Bible study, and they send these scripture cards, and so she just takes all of them, thumbtacks them, so just all over the wall. And she makes sure the presence of God is in our home. That's good, man. That's something she wants passed down to our children and our grandchildren. 
even visibly, truly, like scripture and things like that. And all of a sudden, I read. So you want like the let's go moment, right? Because that's that's where that's what we want to end with always. Let, what, what are we going to go with? How are we going to take this away and walk this out this week when we're looking at our family tree yeah. and God redeeming it? And all of a sudden, I realize there's just a passage of scripture in Ruth who is listed in that genealogy of Jesus <laughs> because she's a Moabite woman, a woman that should... First of all, she's a woman. Her name typically wouldn't be in the list mm. just for being a woman. Secondly, she's a Moabite woman, which would just throw everybody. If you're just looking at the family tree, you're going, wait, didn't God tell us not to mix with Moabite women? Didn't God tell us not to, to, to interact with the Moabites? Like Israel's supposed to completely separate from them. And yet it happened wrongly. We saw that in the nation of Israel. And so God said, okay, it happened wrong. There were consequences for the nation of Israel, but I'm still going to redeem good out of this. Yeah. That's the story of Ruth, right? With Boaz. Yeah. And so in Ruth chapter 4, verse 13, it says, So Boaz took Ruth. Ruth is a Moabite woman, lost her husband, come over with her mother-in-law. Mother-in-law had told her, go, go, go back to your people, go back to your gods. And God is going to use Boaz as a symbol of himself. For Ruth. Right. He says, so Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. So for those that don't think that God can do new things with you and in you and through you, no matter what has happened to you, transpired to you, uh, betrayed you. Mm -hmm. And he went into her and the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer. And may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. That's good. For your daughter-in-law who loves you is more than the seven sons he gave birth to him. So listen to that language. Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer. He shall be a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age all the way until the end of it all. So someone today that's like, where do I go with this? You go straight to Jesus. That's right. You take your problems, you take your hiccups, you take your addictions, you take the hurt, you take the brokenness, you take the pain, you go give it to Jesus and you let him be your redeemer, your restorer, and your nourisher. And then you surround yourself with people who care about you the godly way, who will lift you up, who will keep you on the right path, point you in the right direction. And as you said, your wife, us doing counseling, your wife with some medication, us doing counseling with a counselor, we're admitting we need help from other people and from other things that can help. Whatever that is, you take it step by step, moment by moment, mm -hmm. issue by issue. But just as... Boaz was to Ruth, a redeemer, a restorer, and a nourisher. God wants to be for you. That's, that's amazing, man. We connect with people not through our perfections, but through our vulnerability. That people want to know. People want to know that you've messed up. They want to know that you're not perfect. I don't want the perfect guy. Don't, don't show me the perfect marriage. I want to see flaws because that's what I relate with. That's what I can that's what I come side by side. I with. want to learn yeah. through your mistakes, yeah. but I also want to glean from your wisdom of the things you've done right. Exactly, man. And so when you do that and you sit at the feet of other people to learn how they raise their kids, to learn how they navigate their marriage, you swallow your pride. That's right. For God's purpose. And you say, I don't want to be you, but there are qualities and characteristics that you have carried in your marriage, in your life, or in your children. And I want to know how you did that. Mm. Why, that shouldn't be hard to do. No. That's wisdom. Walking in godly wisdom. Surrounding yourself with godly people. Absorbing, asking lots of questions. Not going, if I admit that I'm flawed or my marriage is or my kids are, then I'm telling you yours are better than mine. Nope. My kids are not better than anybody else. But I'll give you as much advice as you want on what I've learned, what I, what's transpired, the good, the bad, the ugly, and what I've learned from other people that I sat at their feet and learned to raise my kids the way that I have. Let's go. Let's go. I'm learning, man. I'm learning from you. 
So I appreciate it, man. This has been fantastic. Ah, so much um, food to just take in, man. I encourage you just to listen to this multiple different times if you need to to get just to get to get, get be able to get every piece right. Uh, as we said last week, taste, and taste see. it, enjoy, right? Don't don't eat fast, right? Other, so many people eat quick; they just want to get the meal done, right? Enjoy the meal. Have, Enjoy it, man. And it's share it with so somebody. Good. And share it with somebody. Somebody you know is dealing with yes. stuff and they're just they're they're trapped. Yep. They're yep. they're paralyzed. They're they're frozen in fear. Where do I go from here with what what's happened to me? And they need this as a resource. Yes. So share it. Share it. We would love to to be able to help out. And listen, follow us on all social media platforms, post Sunday podcast. On YouTube, we just began season two there. You can be you just continue on with us week to week uh, to be able to see just a vi- visualization of, of, of just the studio and what we are doing. Uh, but follow us on social media platforms. Share what the content we have, and that'll be able to help us get our uh, just exposure out there to the scriptures. Also, too, if you have any questions, submit those over to us at, at our postsundaypodcast at gmail.com. We'll love to hear from you guys and uh, and be able to help out as as much as we can. But, man, we're thankful for you guys. Uh, This is episode two. We cannot wait to continue the way of the Messiah with you guys in episode three. So check us out next week. Until then, grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.